Welcome to the good life. Uh. Welcome to the good life. The wait is over. Welcome to the good life. And after all the talk, all I gotta say is Welcome to the good life. You're welcome. You're all welcome. Like we always do with this time. I go for mine. I guess the shine. It's 7.09, Tuesday night, I'm with Ryan McDonald's, we're going to do another episode of Mini Holes, we're going to talk about week seven, and football, and some trades that happened, what do you want to start with first? Before we get started, I just want to give a quick shout out to Josh Bach and Weston Hockhauser, the uh, Ideal Day at Greylock podcast was phenomenal, I listened to it in the airport on my way back from New Jersey, was laughing out loud in the middle of the airport, people were looking at me like I was crazy. But I just wanted to add one little insight, um, if I may. The best lunch at Greylock, and it's not even close, it has to be chicken patties. If you think anything else, oh you're just you're wrong. What's wrong with you? You the like, that, dialysis. You like so that dialysis? Else. And thanks for giving me a shout out. You're acting like I wasn't on that podcast. Well, you're on every podcast, Jason. Okay. Whatever. Um, actually, let's talk about the trades first. Okay. So let's do Sanu. I like Mohamed Sanu. I think he's. You know, he's a tall receiver. He's a big guy. He's steady. Not a superstar. I mean, I was talking to OJ about this, and he pointed out, you know, he's been with A.J. Green and Julio his whole year, every year of his career. Maybe that's why he's never had a 1,000-yard season. But I don't think it was worth a second-round pick. I'm actually a little upset about this. I mean, I know it's going to be a low-level second-round pick. But you look at when A.B. was traded, it was a third and a fifth. Like, receivers aren't really – Especially a guy like Sanu, it's not worth the second round pick, in my opinion. I would have done what the 49ers did to Sanders instead. Um, how do you feel about this? I do think the Patriots overpaid, but I think Sanu is a very good piece, and I think he's going to fit in very well with the Patriots. And the one aspect that I was talking about is all the former quarterbacks, college quarterbacks that they have at wide receiver now. Like, now, think about it. Tom Brady could throw a backward screen to Julian Edelman, who could then throw a backward screen to Mohamed Sanu, who could then throw it back to Tom Brady, who could then throw it back to Edelman, and they could just go all day long like this. Like, you could get Tom Brady Mohamed to Edelman. Mohamed QBR is insane. That would be so much fun to see, and Belichick will pull it out at some point. I'm very excited about that, too. I'm calling um, out Sanu. Sanu will throw a touchdown at some point this season with the Patriots. We needed we needed depth at receiver. We were really struggling. I, I, I'm happy we don't have to see Gunnar Oshesky ever again, except on the putt returns. Hopefully he doesn't muff any more than he did. I, mean, I don't even know. Okay. Um, anyways, Sanders, I was saying earlier last week on the pod, I thought the 49ers needed to get somebody. Well, I don't know what Sanders has left in the tank. You know, he's had some up-and-down performances this year. In the beginning of the season, he looked really good. He sort of dropped off a little bit later so far. So we'll see. What do you think of that one? I think the 49ers made a good deal doing that. Yeah, I love that trade. The 49ers obviously have that elite defense. They've been the best defensive unit in the in football so far. Whoa! They've got, well, the Patriots are obviously. The best, fine, I'll, I'll retract that. The best NFC defense, okay? Okay, calm down. Very good, very good. And they have that they have that foursome of uh, running backs with um, Tevin Coleman. You got Matt Breda in there. You got Jeff Wilson Jr. And there's one more um, um, Mozart, Raheem Mozart, Mozart, whatever his last name is. But what they have been lacking is Jimmy G's consistency, and I think part of that is because he doesn't have great weapons to throw to. Obviously, he has Kittle, but his I mean, they played, in, they played in like a fucking 
Well, that's true. I'm not talking about just this week, though. He hasn't been there. And what he's been missing is those wide receiver threats, and that's what Sanders gives him. He's going to compliment Kittle well, and I think they'll have a nice chemistry, and I think we'll really help him out. All right. Let's talk about the games this week. Where do you want to start? Let's start with the Patriots, and then we'll move on to the Vikings. So I don't think I've ever seen a worse quarterback performance in my life. He looked at he looked worse than Mitch Trubisky. His QBR was three. Um, I feel so bad for the seeing ghost line. Oh my gosh, that's gonna follow him the rest of his career. Yeah, we but can the, talk more about we're gonna talk more about him later, but the, I agree. The, that was that's yeah. one of those performances that you don't recover from. That's oh like, my gosh. I know Darno, people are high on him and they think he's gonna be a very good quarterback, and I was in that train too. But like one of those performances like that, that could be something that could you know, he could carry with him the rest of his career and never really truly recover from. I mean, he was just throwing it off the out of his back foot every time. You know, we were blitzing him. We had no safety over the top. He just needed his receivers to win the battles. And they, I mean, when you have such a good defense like the Patriots do with Gilmore, Jason McCourty, J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, it makes it really, really tough. And then you have elite safeties. I mean, I know Trump didn't play last night. McCourty did, and you had Deron Harmon. It's it's. I don't care that the Patriots haven't played anyone. To play the type of defense they have this season where they've only given three total touchdowns is incredible. Like, you're playing in the NFL here. I don't care how bad your teams are. That's very impressive to only give up three touchdowns in seven games. The offense, I'm, I'm still not happy with that. I'm happy they got to new. Um, the second their offense wasn't great. Yeah, yeah, I know they were up 24-0, but, yeah. Is there anything else you want to add about this game? I mean, they clearly were out coached. Gase looked like yeah, no idea what he was I was going to say that. Can we talk about Adam Gaze for a second? Because all the blame is going on Sam Darnell, and deservedly so. I mean, he was just chucking the ball up for grabs. But the Patriots weren't doing anything that difficult on defense. They were pretty much doing that zero blitz with the safety blitzing all night long, and they were just bringing more defenders than the Jets had to block. And Adam Gaze wouldn't, wasn't making any adjustments. He was just leaving Darnell out there to die pretty much. He was getting blitzed every single time. He had less than two, three seconds to throw the ball every single time, and he was just left out there to dry. Yeah, not a great – I guess where do the Jets go from here? Because everyone was really, really high off that uh, Cowboys victory. But I don't know. That was like – like you said, it's something you might not be able to come back from. He literally – like the throws he, were, he was making, I just never seen anything like that. It was Trubisky-esque. It really was. It, shout, out it to, was. shout out to the Trubisky holics. He's no longer one. Ben Gottschalk. He's after this week. Let's let's segue this into the Bears game. Um, it looked like this was going to be the Bears week. Saints were hampered with injuries again. Latavius Murray had the start. He looked incredible. Teddy two dimes or two gloves, excuse me, looked incredible. I mean, Trubisky single handedly lost in this game. Why is he on this team? Why is he like? I know they traded a lot for him, but they he's holding them back. He's he's very bad. When we played the Bears week, I think that was week three or four. It might have been four or five. I don't even know. But we knocked Mitch Trubisky out of the game early, and that frightened me because Chase Daniels came in, and honestly, Chase Daniels is a better quarterback at this point than Mitchell oh, Trubisky. 100%. I was I was watching the game on uh, Sunday, and there was like this broadcaster that kept going in between games on NFL. Uh, red zone or whatever it was and one comment he made during the bears game was he goes well all of you stop yelling at me on twitter for suggesting that the bears should trade everything for andy dalton and like that's not that crazy because this bears oh, team with, with, 
Felton looked terrible no, no. today. Not trading everything, but this Bears team has what it takes to make a deeper on the playoffs. They have that good of a defense. They have some decent weapons on Dalton that offense. Three interceptions. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think he's not as well, bad. I don't, as I, don't think, I don't think. I don't think Dalton's the answer. I really don't. But they need to do something at that quarterback position because this team is set up to win no, right really now. Do. That's why I think they anywhere. should trade for like a Nick Foles. Or, uh, you know, or one of the two rookies from either Carolina or Jacksonville or something because they're available. I mean, Trubisky's like unplayable. There were some plays where like they ran an RPO and he ended up somehow running backwards 10 yards. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Not, and I think Nagy's a good coach too. He's truly, you can't, you, I don't want to hear any Trubisky support. Even like, even Gotchuk was, you know, There's he, went, zero he went past the first stage of, you know, being in denial. He knows he's a Trubisky holic. He's getting help. It's terrible. It's there's, really terrible. There's zero chance that Gardner Minshew or Kyle Allen are getting traded right now. Nick, Fol- give- Nick Foles would probably be on the trade block, though. Big Dick Nick, he's available. Let's get him. That's what I would say right now. Um, it's not the worst move. It really isn't. I know the contract's a lot. But what do you have to lose? You know, Trubisky's not going anywhere. I agree. He's about- not taking that team anywhere. Go, can we go back to the Patriots real quick? Yeah, sure. I love so the, the Patriots this year, okay? Everyone's talking about the week schedule, and deservedly so. I mean, the teams they've played have a combined record of 12-32 and 32 after week seven. They've played nobody besides the Buffalo Bills. But like Richard Sherman said, you can only play who's on your schedule, okay? So moving forward, Browns next week. That's a win, right? I don't oh think there's gosh. anything that. Soup Kitchen's going to get fired. If, if, the, if the Browns play the way the Jets did, Soup Kitchen's might be out of town. That's true. But even coming off the bye, I don't think the Browns have any chance. And then you go into a big week nine matchup. So let's assume the Patriots are 8-0. Then you go into a big week nine matchup away in Baltimore on Sunday night football. Do you think that could be the first Patriots loss? So can we talk about the Ravens quickly and then we'll go back to that? Go for it. So the Ravens played the Seahawks. Russell Wilson had looked like he was going to run away with the MVP with the Mahomes injury. It really looked like it was his for the taking. And, oh, my gosh, Lamar Jackson is incredible. You know, he hadn't looked that great because teams were just blitzing him um, against the other team, against the good teams they were playing. But, boy, oh, boy, did he put him – I think you could consider him an MVP candidate now with the he over 100 yards rushing. He looked he – looked, he had looked really, really good yesterday. He didn't look. He didn't look good throwing the ball, but running the ball. You're right. It's just he's at a different speed than everybody else, and he's just juking people out left and right. And when you're a quarterback and you have that much room to run, the announcer said it last night, and it's very true. He looks like Michael Vick out there. Like that Seahawks defense is not a pushover. It's not, that's not a bad defense either. Like, yeah. it, very very impressive. Now this is the thing. Offensively, we'll see how much better you know when Gordon comes back and Sanu's. You know, it'll only be a second week in the offense. But I don't – even in Baltimore, that defense is just – it's just so versatile. I really think they're just going to have someone spy on him. And uh, I don't see a way in which they lose unless the offense really, really struggles. I don't think the defense is going to break. I think it's – I think it's a – it will be their toughest game yet, obviously. Well, obviously, well, yeah. I, I, think, I think they'll win that one as well. And then week 10, you got the bye. Week 11, you are away in Philadelphia. That's a win. The Eagles are an absolute mess. Oh, my gosh. Can we talk week about the 12? Eagles? Well, let's, let's carry on this first, and then we can talk about the Eagles, okay? Week 12, you have the Cowboys at home. 
the Cowboys aren't that good. They just we, played a really, really bad game. <laughs> right, and you don't lose a Gillette. And then week 13, this is another big matchup. Week 13 and 14, your toughest two-week stretch of the season. Away in Houston on Sunday night football, and then you bring Patrick Mahomes, who will be back by then, and the Chiefs are coming into Gillette looking for revenge from last year's epic regular season game. What do you think about those two games? I think they lose the Kansas City one. At home. Because I think the Chiefs just won it a lot more. I mean, if look, if they're 13-0, the Patriots are going to want it pretty badly. But the pain of that loss, being a Chiefs fan last season, I don't know. I think there's just going to be a different fire in the Chiefs. Now, I do think we'll beat them in the playoffs, but that that's just how I feel about the uh, week. I mean, I'm not saying we won't win. I just I just think the Chiefs are going to want it more. So, And, you know, I don't trust Bill O'Brien. I think he's retarded. So I'm not worried about the Texans. Even though Deshaun, sure. Deshaun Watson, we'll just blitz the shit out of them. And Deshaun Watson's offensive line can't do anything. So I'm not sure. sure. And then, and then the last three weeks of the season, you guys are in Cincinnati, which is an automatic win. At home against the Bills, a tough game, but at home, I think you guys pull that one out. And then week 17, toughest game of the season, at home against the mighty Miami Dolphins. Woo! So honestly, for this team, 15, I, I think they lose one of the games, either the Ravens, Texans, or Chiefs. They'll go two and one in those three games, and I think they finish 15 1. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds right. I want. I would really love for them to go sixteen and now, but we'll see if that happens. All right, can All we right. talk about the Cowboys Eagles? Let's talk about the Cowboys and Eagles. So that game, if you listen to the pod with Gottschalk and OJ, we really felt like it was a big momentum game because both teams hadn't been playing to their full potential. Peterson actually promised a fucking win against the Cowboys, and now he looks like an idiot. You know. I, he did win a Super Bowl, but that dude's fucking crazy. The way he goes for it on fourth down and goes for it on two-point conversions, it's like he just doesn't care about the consequences and ramifications of doing that. And it usually ends up biting him. I, I don't think he's that good of a coach. I mean, it was a good – you know, those calls he had against the Patriots seemed like they were more lucky. Maybe I'm just salty. I don't know. But um, <laughs> the cold – you know, the Cowboys looked good. I don't know. Not, I'm not big on either of these teams, but I think the Cowboys are going to win the division. What are, what are your thoughts? I, I agree with everything you said about Doug Pearson. I've been saying it for a long time. He's a very overrated head coach. He coaches like he's playing a freaking game in Madden. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but usually he's fairly right when he's out there promising wins. He promised the win when they went to Green Bay and they showed up and they were playing desperate. So I – I tended to believe them that they were going to go into Dallas and beat them. I mean, Dallas had looked horrific the last three weeks, and Noah Goldstein's shutout uh, get, made me very confident that the Eagles were actually going to win that game, and I picked them in the uh, pick them pool, so I'm regretting that one a little bit. But, yeah, the Cowboys, I don't think they're that good. Um, I mean, obviously they looked absolutely terrible the last three weeks before they dismantled the Eagles. But even with Zeke and Dak and, you know, Amari Cooper, I just – don't think that team is going anywhere. I don't think Dak's that good. He played incredible those first three weeks, but that's because they were playing absolutely nobody. Like, why aren't the Cowboys better? Like, I know their offensive line's a little banged up, but like offensively, like they get they have some serious weapons. Because because they have the Clapper as their head coach, who Jerry Jones refuses to move on from for whatever <laughs> reason, despite his incredible mediocrity throughout the last 10, 12 years. I think coaching would be described as a weakness for that team. Like when you're on reading the scouting report, it says coaching. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, clapper, the clapper benefits the other team more than the Cowboys. 
Let's move on to the Chargers Titans. Um, wow, the Chargers blowing a game they should have won. What's new? Melvin Gordon. I think they wish he was still holding out. Uh, that was absolutely horrendous. What do you what What do you think? Tannehill had three hundred twelve yards and two touchdowns. Well, I think I think I got extremely lucky when I picked the Chargers Week One for the Survivor Pool and they won in overtime. <laughs> Because I'm glad I don't have to pick them anymore because they are absolutely atrocious. Uh, Melvin Gordon sucks. That offensive line sucks. Phillip Rivers is still playing decent. Um, but that defense is atrocious. I, mean, I don't know. Melvin Gordon is a good running back. And he's averaging like two yards per carry on the year. I just don't get it. And he's just getting stuffed at the one-yard line. You cannot get stuffed at the one-yard line twice in the final 15 seconds. You can't fumble it on the one-yard line. How about that? Well, even if he doesn't fumble, he was short of the goal line and the game's ending. They're not getting another snap off. It's just, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, I, I don't get how they can look that bad. I want to talk about Texans Colts. I was a firm believer in the pool this week that the Colts were going to win. So I was still, too. I picked the Colts. Frank Rice is a really good coach, and it makes you wonder. Um, someone was talking about this on the podcast I was listening to. If it was really Frank Rice that was really doing the coaching on that Eagles team when they beat the Patriots. Cause he looks like he's a really good coach. Um, you know, Peterson plays it like it's that, but enough about that. Oh, uh, so Brissett looks incredible. He looks really, really good. I think the Colts are going to win this division. I mean, the tech, I do think Watson is still really good. He didn't have the greatest of games. He turned it over a few times. Um, but yeah, Brissett looks really good. Mac didn't have a great game, but you know, He's still one of the top running backs, I think, in the league. I'm really big on this Colts team, Ryan. I think they can make it to the conference, conference round. I think they have a chance. I love, I love this Colts team coming off that win against the Chiefs. Obviously, Mahomes was still playing then, and he was fairly healthy. His ankle was bothering him a little bit, but it was a huge win for them. It was the Chiefs' first loss of the season. And then they go into the bye week with a lot of momentum, come out and beat a very, very good Texans team at home, you know, to keep that momentum going forward. And how about Jacoby Brissett? You know, all the, talk, all, the, all the talk before the season was Andrew Luck retiring. What are the Colts going to do now? Who are they going to go acquire? And the Colts just stayed firm. They said, nope, Jacoby Brissett is our guy. And now he's making them look like geniuses for doing that because he is playing at a high, high level. And they got him court. on a great contract for the way he's playing. And they have him on a great contract, and he's producing at a Pro Bowl level. All right, let's talk about the Vikings. I want to preface this with two things. Guess who has the highest quarterback rating in the league? I texted you this this morning. Kirk Cousins. You texted me this morning, and I almost, I almost fainted. I was like, what? <laughs> what? That can't be, that cannot be true. But it is. Um, it's ridiculous. I think he has like a QBR of like 112 or whatever. I mean, he's looked really good the past few weeks. I want uh, to talk about this. So the first four weeks of the season, okay, the Vikings went 2-2. Two and two. They weren't looking great. Kirk Cousins in those first four weeks of the season, 65% completion percentage. 735 yards, which in four weeks, that's what, like 170 yards per week or something? That's terrible. Only three touchdowns, two interceptions. He looked terrible. Vikings fans were calling for his head, and reasonably so, because he was disgusting. These last three weeks, the Vikings are 3-0, 76% completion percentage, 976 yards, which is like 320 yards per week, 10 touchdowns, to only one interception. These last three weeks, Kirk Cousins has been the best quarterback in the NFL. And I don't know how it happened. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I want to I say thank you to Dalvin Cook 
for my fan. He's been leading my fantasy team. Was getting made fun of for picking him. And fuck Matt, whatever his name is, Dalvin Cook Light, we'll call him. The backup. Yeah, back he only had like six carries. Wasn't an issue. He didn't have a, those six carries weren't good carries. Hopefully he stays out. I am so sick of him. I, I, I go cook. Um, and you know, is Thielen going to be okay? So Thielen is probably out for this week against the Redskins because we're playing on Thursday night football. So short week. Um, so the Vikings are in a little bit trouble with wide receiver because all we have left right now is Stephon Diggs, BC Johnson, who's a rookie, and then Laquan Treadwell, who you know we all know about. But the tight ends are going to have to step up. Rudolph is going to have to step up, have another big game. Irv Smith is going to have to continue his good play. Um, and, and the good thing is the Redskins, so it shouldn't be too much trouble. And, the, and you know, I feel bad for the Lions, but you, you got to move on. All right. Um, right let's, let's talk about the referees later. Let's, uh, can we let's talk-, talk more about Kirk Cousins really quick. Oh, Kirk Cousins. Well, Kirk Cousins. Here's the thing with Kirk Cousins that's always frustrated me with his, what, he's been here for a year and a half now? Mm-hmm. And even with the Redskins, it was my problem with him and why I was mad when we got him. The question with Kirk Cousins has never been his arm. It's never been his accuracy. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. Everyone knows that. When he's on, he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. He has the arm strength to make any throw. He can throw the ball like 70 yards on a dime. He can fit the ball into any window. That's never been the issue with Kirk Cousins. The issue with Cousins has always been his consistency. Can he do this week after week, which he's done for three weeks now, but can he continue that? And can he do it on prime time when all the lights are on, when everyone's looking at him, can he do it? Because historically, he has not been able to do it. He's been absolutely terrible in primetime games. And that's why, even though it's the Redskins, I'm a little bit nervous about this week's game because if we're looking at the Kirk Cousins of old, he's going to drop an absolute donut on Thursday night. And I think our defense will still be able to hold the Redskins down, so I'm not too worried about it. And Delvin Cook should be able to have a big game. But just from the Kirk Cousins perspective, I'm a little bit worried about Thursday night. And, um, yeah, so Jason is taking a little bit of um, a break here, apparently, not talking. So I'm going to keep talking about the Vikings because the Vikings are amazing. Let's talk about the Vikings draft class. Ryan. Okay, we're back. Uh, we're sorry, back. Matt. The technical, the technical difficulties, there was like an earthquake in Michigan. Uh, so all Bluetooth devices were disabled. Anyways, let's continue. So I, right. just want, to end, I want to end with the Vikings on. Can somebody please trade for Madison, the running back? I would really, really appreciate it. He's actually not that bad. He's just like a slightly worse version of Dalvin Cook. So go ahead with him. He looks good. Make me happy. Um, right. I want to talk about that real quick. Just the 2019 draft class for the Minnesota Vikings, which looks like another – very stacked draft class. Rick Spielman, a lot of Vikings fans don't like him for whatever reason, but I'm on the Spielman bandwagon. He's consistently brought in good talent from the draft. He's found defenders like Daniil Hunter in the third round, who's one of the quietest superstars in the NFL. He's the He leads the NFL in sacks before he turned 25. He has something like 48 career sacks before he turns the age of 25. It's absolutely ridiculous. He got Everson Griffin in the fourth round. He got Eric Wilson as an unrestricted free agent who looked like a great linebacker. He got Anthony Harris as an unrestricted free agent, who's the number three safety in the NFL this year according to Pro Football Focus in his first year of starting. On the offensive side, he got Delvin Cook in the second round. How did Delvin Cook fall to the second round? He's the best running back in the NFL right now. All right, we're done fucking talking about the Vikings draft class. Nobody wants to hear about the Vikings draft class besides you. Obviously, our dominant wide receivers 
Oh my gosh. Who will, in the NFL, Adam Thielen, unrestricted free agent, Stephon Diggs, fifth round. This guy knows how to draft. And this year, he's doing it again. Garrett Bradbury, who is third in pro football focus rankings over the last four weeks of the season. He's improving. Irv Smith Jr., 12 catches, 153 yards on the year. We got him in the second round. He's going to be Rudolph's replacement at tight end. He looks like a stud. Obviously, Madison, who Jason hates, looks like a stud. And B.C. Johnson, in the seventh round, has stepped in, been our number three receiver, had 60 yards and a touchdown last week against the Lions. Looks like a good player. He's going to have a big week. If you need a waiver wire pickup in fantasy football this week, pick up B.C. Johnson. There's right. no uh, thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. There's no Ann this week. Stefan Diggs. Thank you, Ryan. Let's talk about the Packers Raiders. All right. Aaron Rodgers looks like an MVP level talent right now. Probably one of the best games of his career. Aaron Rodgers. Um, he looks what? incredible. Rodgers. What? Rodgers. Say that again. F Aaron Rodgers. We ain't talking about him. No, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. He looks very, very good. I know they were playing the Raiders, but the Raiders haven't been as bad as we thought they were this, as we thought they would be this season. He threw for five touchdowns. This Packers team's really good. LaFleur looks like he knows what he's doing. Rogers looks good. They're six and one. What do you think about them? Are you scared as a Vikings fan? Uh no, because the Packers should be four and three. The refs oh won my them. Gosh. No, it, it's a legitimate thing. The refs won them the game against Detroit. Detroit beat the Packers that game. And the Vikings should have beat the Packers in Green Bay as well. But we got that stupid Stephon Diggs touchdown called back because they reviewed the play and said that Adam or said that Delvin Cook interfered in the end zone, which was absolute BS. And then obviously Kirk Cousins threw that horrible interception. But we're the better team that day in Lambeau. So the Packers should be four and three. The Vikings should be six and one. I'm not scared. The Packers are not that good. So Ryan, our new segment, I'm not good at math, but the Packers are six and one, not four and three. All right, let's continue. I'm not good at math though. Just yeah, it's um, not, it should be four and three. Um, okay, the Rams destroyed the Falcons. The Rams have looked really bad, and they play a really bad team next week. I think who do they play? They play the Bengals. So they can string a few together, you know, to get back on track. And I think I think that's going to be good for them. They'll be 5-3, and three, assuming they beat the Bengals next week. Are you back with the Rams, or do you need to see some more? No, I don't think the Rams are that good. I think Goff is struggling a lot. Um, they still haven't gotten Gurley going, which is a concern. And that defense isn't as good as it used to be. Like, maybe it will pick up now that they got Jalen Ramsey. But until I see more consistency out of them, no, I'm not back on the Rams bandwagon at all. I still think the 49ers are the team to beat in the NFC. All right. Yeah. Um, so, let's talk about G Minshew. They beat the Bengals. Threw for 255 yards. Touchdown. Fournette looked great. 131 rushing yards. Minshew, 48 rushing yards on nine carries. Um, I really like this team. They're three and four. If they win next week, they can go four and four. Anyway, I'm not good at math, but that's how it usually works. Um, anyway, the Jaguars make the playoffs this season? I, I don't think so. I don't think this season. Um, I still don't think that defense is that great. Who would they play this week? The Jets. The Jets. No, they didn't play the Jets. No, they play the Jets. No, next week. They play the no, Bengals this, this week. Who did they beat this week? The Bengals. The Bengals, that's right. I still don't think that defense is all that good. They've been getting shredded all season long. Minshew can only do so much. Um, the one thing that Minshew has done, the best thing he's done, in my opinion, is he'd gotten Fournette going. Fournette looks like the guy he drafted, the guy they thought they drafted originally. Um, he's been tremendous. But they're, what, three and four right now? Yeah. 
I, I don't see the playoff this year. But in the future, that looks like a great, great uh, twosome there in the backfield with Minshew and Leonard Fournette. And then DJ Chark. I'll go DJ Chark. He also He's so good. He's so good. You got to talk closer to your phone so I don't get complaints from the listeners that they can't hear you. That they can't hear you. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You should I said that Minshew is a stud and I love him so much. All right. Very good. Um, all right. Let's close it out with the Cardinals Giants. I really thought Danny Dodge was going to take this one to the house, but I don't know. He hasn't been as he hasn't been that good these past few weeks. He he let uh, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray beat him. Murray only threw for 104 yards, but Chase Edmonds, oh my! What yeah, happened? the Cardinals all of a sudden look like a really good. Well, not a really good football team. They haven't been playing that great of teams, but they started the season all three and one. People were saying, you know, can Clinkberry get the job done? Is Murray the quarterback of the future? And all of a sudden, they've rattled off three straight wins. Everything is calm in Arizona. People are looking at Murray like he's the future. He's, you know, he's probably going to win NFC Rookie of the Year. Cliff Kingsbury's doing a great job. And, yeah, I was like you. I thought the Giants were going to win this game. I thought Danny Dams was going to play well. I thought that getting Barkley back was going to motivate the Giants. But they couldn't get the job done. Yeah, not a – not a great Giants. You know, I'm a little concerned about Jones. You know, the past few weeks hasn't been great. The Tate Tate looked a little better this week. What do you think of Jones? Is it just guard pins? Jones' ball security and pocket presence is just absolutely atrocious. Oh obviously, obviously, he's a rookie. It's going to get better. You know, he's just going through some rookie struggles. But the way he holds the ball in the pocket is just he's he gets stripped and sacked. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big Danny Dimes guy after the past few weeks. Uh let's finish up with the 49ers Redskins and we'll do our winners and losers. 9-0. Classic old school football game. Yeah, I'm not I I, I don't think the 49ers, you know, all of a sudden they're super bad. I just think it was the weather. Did you see some of the weather during that game like um Jeff Eisenband shout out I was just told to follow him on Twitter cuz he's a former Grey Locker. One of his tweets this week, there was a uh, – one of the Redskins was running after Jimmy G. He dove to try to tackle him, missed him. But then he slid like 10 yards and almost caught up to Jimmy sliding on his belly and almost got the sack on like a slip and slide. It was absolutely amazing. I retweeted it. You can go find my Twitter. That's a plug. Um, I see the retweet, but it was an absolutely incredible play. But, yeah, the 49ers are for real. That defense is great. Like I said, they just need more consistency of Jimmy G, and hopefully that will come now with Neil Sanders. All right, let's do our winners and losers for this past week. Let's start with the losers. I'll go first. Okay, you give me one. You give me your number one loser, and then I'll go with number one loser, and we'll go like that throughout. My number one loser, Sam Darnold. I don't. I've seen high school quarterbacks play better than that. Uh I don't – I just – can we just, just go under what you have to say? Yeah, no, I agree. Number one loser, 11 of 32, 86 yards, four interceptions. He lost a fumble, though the fumble wasn't his fault. But he was he was terrible. He looked, he looked like he was a rookie again. That quote he where he, was seeing, he looked like a D3 football yeah. player. The quote where he said he was seeing ghosts. I mean, he had no idea what the Patriots were doing, even though they were doing pretty much the same – he couldn't figure it out. All right, give me your number one. My number two, my number two loser is Mitchell Trubisky. We already touched. 
finished the game 34 54, 251 yards, two touchdowns. The numbers look good. A lot of those were garbage. It was in garbage time, right? It was, they were all in garbage time. He was absolutely terrible. He was missing guys all day long. He was missing screen passes. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky is holding the Bears back, and he did it again last Sunday. Who you got? The NFL refs. I don't know what Ooh. the fuck is going on. The ball, the call, I mean, the calls are just not making sense. They're not spotting the balls in the right places. After <laughs> last, after like when it's clear and obvious, after last week's disaster in Detroit, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. They got to get their shit together. I like that one. Okay, who's your number three loser? Mitchell Trubisky. Like, like you said, I've never seen a team stick with their starting quarterback when he's literally the single reason why they're not winning games. Um, how about your four? Well, my number three, before we skip to four, oh, because yeah. come before, before four, math is important. Um, number three, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, Doug Pearson promised to win like we talked about. It was desperation time. The winner of that game obviously has a big leg up to win that M- NFC East, and the Eagles thought they had a great chance to go out down there and get the win, and they just they dropped the ball is the only way to put it. Got blown out by 27. And then my number four loser, another team that lost by 27 at home, the Atlanta Falcons, who welcomed the Los Angeles Rams in, who were struggling mightily. And the Falcons' season was already off to a terrible start, and it got even worse, and they lose Matt Ryan now. I haven't really heard anything about the injury, but it did not look good. So, who do you got for number four? Russell Wilson. This is why. Ooh. This was a big game for Russell Wilson to really run away with it, the MVP. He had looked absolutely incredible. He had led the Seahawks to a 5-1 uh, and one record, and he really shot himself in the foot. You know, it wasn't all on him but he could have done a better job. And I was a little disappointed to see the way he performed on Sunday. And then for number five, I have the Houston Texans. This was a big prove-it game. I think the winner of this game was going to be the one to win the division. So now I think it's the Colts. Bill O'Brien is an absolute idiot. I don't know what he's doing on the what he's doing coaching-wise sometimes. And they just didn't look like they could beat the Colts. I mean, I know it's 30-23, but I felt like the Colts were going to win the entire time. How about you? Who's your number five? Just talking about Bill O'Brien really quick. He came from Penn State, correct? Well, he was at the Patriots and then Penn State. Yeah, and then he went to Texas from Penn State. Yeah. How thankful do you think Penn State is that they got rid of Bill O'Brien and got him straight? Oh, my gosh. They're probably like la- they're, they're laughing. Yeah, they are. They, they stole him. That's, it's, it's amazing. Um, but my number five loser – is the Los Angeles Chargers touched on a little bit. You know, they really needed this win to keep any kind of momentum going forward in the season. Their season's basically over now. I know Phillip Rivers and Anthony Lynn will say differently, but a deflating blow in Tennessee. Were they at home or were they in Tennessee? I think they were in Tennessee. Uh, I think they were in Tennessee. Either way, to get the ball down on the one-yard line with 30 seconds to go and you have two three shots at it and not to get the ball in to fumble at the one, it's just absolutely deflating. They look lost. The season's over. Like, if I told you Philip Rivers threw for 330 yards and two touchdowns, you'd be like, yeah, there's no way they're losing. Nope. The Chargers are the king of finding ways to lose games. Um, they are. All right, let's do – let's start at number five. Um, for winners? For winners. Who's your number five? My number five is a second-year player out of Fordham University, the backup running back for the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know what happened to David Johnson. No one's – no one – Cliff Kingsbury really isn't talking about what's wrong with him, but obviously he's not right. Chase Edmonds comes in, 
runs all over the Giants, 126 yards, three touchdowns. They couldn't stop him. All right, my number five is Cliff Kingsbury. You know, it looked like he might get fired midseason. Really, really, really terrible job in the beginning of the year. But you know what? He's proved the haters wrong. We'll see if he can keep it up. They've looked a lot better the past few weeks, albeit the teams were a little shaky. Um, but, yeah, he's my number five. Who do you have at number four? Uh, I have Sanu and Sanders, and this is why. Ooh. They are both going from situations where they had no shot at making the playoffs. I think Atlanta was one and six, and what, Denver was two and five or something like that. Um, and now they're going to the 6 and 0 49ers and the 7 and 0 Patriots. I don't think you can get a much better situation than that. And they both have a real chance that make it a run in the playoffs and potentially win in the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, they definitely both lucked out big time there. My number four um, is the Patriots defense. I know they're playing the Jets, not the greatest test. But Darnold looked very good against the Giants or against the Cowboys. Wait, excuse say me. his last name. Say his last name. Sam Darno. No, it's Darnold. Whatever, Darnold, Darno, same exact Darnold? thing. What? Same what? Thing. Is, it, is he British? <laughs> he looked good. He looked good against the Cowboys, right? The Jets were coming in there with momentum, and the Patriots' defense did what they've done all season long. I think they've only allowed three offensive touchdowns all season long, which is absolutely crazy. They pitch a shutout. The Jets finished with, I think, 152 yards of total offense or something like that. They get the four interceptions. I mean, they were just absolutely everywhere on that field. They were dominant. The Jets had absolutely no answer for them. Number, number three. three. Let's hear it, Ryan. Jacoby Brissett. We already talked mm. to him a little bit. Backup quarterback at the start of the year. Thrusted into that starting role with the retirement of Andrew Luck. Had a huge win against Houston. Really bolted their bolt boosted their chances to win that division. 326 yards, four touchdowns, looked absolutely magnificent on Sunday. All right. For number three, I have Lamar Jackson. The way he's playing is completely revolutionizing the game. That Seahawks team's a really good team. Big game, he showed up. You know, like you said, not so much in the passing game, but, you know, it doesn't matter when you can run like him. Uh I think he might be in the MVP race now, too. He's just incredible. He's so fun to watch. I love watching him play. So that's my number three. Now. Number two. Number two. The Patriots defense. You know what Sam Darnold's QBR yesterday was? Three. It was three. That's... I, I'm not going to even talk about this. Okay, just, just, just like, okay, who's your two? Who's my two? Yeah. My two is the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Obviously, they've been under scrutiny these last, you know, year and a half. Haven't been performing well at all. It's been on Mahomes' shoulders, all on that offense. They'll go down. The Broncos go down, score that opening drive touchdown, and from there, the Chiefs shut them out. They sacked Flacco nine times. They were in his face all day. Obviously, Mahomes goes down. A little bit worry of worrisome news there for the Chiefs. Um, it was looking like maybe the Broncos could have a chance there late in that game. The Chiefs said nope. They just blitzed the heck out of Joe Flacco, and the Broncos had absolutely no answer for that defense who came out of nowhere and had a great showing. And then my number one winner of the week, you already touched on it, the Baltimore Ravens. How about that performance in Seattle? It was in Seattle who was a 5-1 team, I believe, coming into the week. Seattle's one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. Obviously, they have all that 12-man crap. It gets incredibly loud in there. They go in there, dominant. 30-16 to 16 win. Lamar Jackson looked incredible, 100-plus yards rushing. Had a huge touchdown to seal the deal on fourth down. 
And yeah, they look like a team to beat in the AFC, obviously right there with the Patriots. I'm well, not right there with the Patriots, but the second team in the AFC in my opinion. All right. My final team is Aaron Rodgers. I can hear my echo, Ryan. Let's let's work on our mics in Minnesota. All right, here, it's good now. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looks incredible. Probably the best quarterback in the NFL right now. I know that might be a hot take. But this Packer team is really, really good. The defense is legit, and it looks like the offense is finally catching up. Even if you don't want to admit it. Very good. Before, before we end it, I just want to take a little bit of the heat off of uh, – Good old Sammy boy there with the Jets and talk about some of the other worst performances in NFL history by quarterbacks. Cause I did tweet out that it was the worst quarterback performance I've ever seen live, but here are some other historically bad ones. Peyton Manning in 2015 finished the game five of 20 for 35 yards and four interceptions. So, I mean, who knows? Peyton Manning had a hell of a career. Maybe Sammy can go on to do that. Tim Hasselbeck in 2003, six of 26 for 56 yards and four interceptions. So another very good quarterback who had a terrible game. How about Nathan well, Peterman? I think he threw for like seven interceptions. Well, that's these are good quarterbacks, though. Here's one with <laughs> Joe Namath. Let's see. Where's he had a passer rating of 6.9. He had more completions. Oh, he only had eight completions. Eight of 24 for 96 yards and six interceptions. And that's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. So, oh, and here's Ryan Leaf, one of my all-time favorite quarterbacks. Isn't he in jail? I don't know. He's not actually one of my favorite. <laughs> but I believe he was number one pick, wasn't he? Yeah. Check me on that. But I think but... he went to jail for, like, murdering his wife or something. <laughs> it says, Ryan Leaf Chargers, September 20th, 1998, versus the Kansas City Chiefs. In his third career start, the number – oh, number two. The number two overall pick completed just one of his 15 pass attempts – for only four yards while throwing two interceptions. The worst part is that it's not as though San Diego is one-dimensional because Natrone Means ran for 165 yards that day, believes 0.0 passer rating, did the Chargers in as they lost 23-7. to One of 15 for four yards. Yeah, not ideal. Oh, it was just drugs. Sorry for accusing you of murdering your wife. I'm sorry. Uh, all right, we'll end it on that. Uh, and yeah, this was fun. We'll be back with a bunch more podcasts this week. Keep listening. We appreciate the love. I'll talk to you soon, Ryan. See you, Jason. Thanks for listening. Of course.